Stephanie. And I'm Summer. And you're listening to Broke and Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. It's real talk. Hey, broken people. It's about to get real. Broken Broken is the podcast where we get down to real talk about real life, and we push back against the shame and stigma that holds us back. Our guest on the podcast today will be Carrie. She's an artist and an amazing woman, and she agreed to get real with us about PTSD, online dating and doing God's work. Um, but first, Stephanie and I have a couple things to talk about. Okay, Stephanie, I know you don't have Twitter, so I don't know if you've seen this yet, even though it was posted a few minutes ago. <laughs> it was like on the 29th or something, so it's been several days now. Um, okay. But Marco Rubio, he his tweet actually said, sign of our times, the F word is now routinely used in news stories, tweets, etc." It's not even F with asterisks, you know, so it's censored out anymore. Who made uh-huh. that decision? And now, originally, what he's referring to is on CNN, a staff writer for the Capital Gazette, you know, following the shootings. The quote was, our whole lives have been shattered, so thanks for your prayers, but I couldn't give a fuck about them if there's nothing else, which I think is a fair point. Um, but I felt like even beyond just that one incident, I feel like his tweet is pretty representative of what we're seeing a lot in that people are more worried about niceties and and words and things than actual human lives. In fact, my response when I retweeted that was, who really fucking cares? Your sensibility, are your sensibilities really that fragile? Try being more outraged about human lives than fainting over a word. So what do you feel about this? That's exactly what came to mind. I was sitting here and I thought, wow, this this man is actually real and he thinks that that it is reasonable to complain about the word fuck when I have when the when the world is just utterly fucked up at this point in time. You know, the I'm stumbling here, but the entire situation such as it exists with with misogyny in this country, with people in cages and people getting gunned down in the streets, that is far more offensive to me than any language could ever be. Where is Marco Rubio when people are harassing women? Where is Marco Rubio when newspapers are shredding them to pieces based on their outfits and whether they were drinking and what they were doing? Are you talking about victim blaming? Assault, child abuse domestic violence and imprisonment of people seeking asylum not more fucked up than the word um that is just absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous and it shows us where he is at mentally and emotionally and how unfit he is to represent any segment of society at this time but don't you feel like it goes beyond just him i feel like this is a common uh issue that we're seeing we're seeing a lot of human rights issues being spun as political issues and as far as I'm concerned, human lives always come above political ideologies. I absolutely agree with you. However, it isn't my experience that the bulk of society even cares about humanity and, and the situations that, that they are facing. That is one of the reasons why, in my opinion, people shouldn't be making careers out of being politicians because they have absolutely lost their touch and their connection to people um there are but do you think that's really true i mean because i what i'm seeing is the bulk of the public feel the exact same way so do you think that they've really lost track or i mean are they just a symptom of a bigger problem 
Um, I think that their cronyism has taken precedence over their advocating for their constituents. Can you explain that? In a real and concerning way. Well, I think that they are more interested in their personal, and, and I shouldn't say they broadly. I know that there are some who actually do care perhaps more, but it is not uncommon for somebody who has an issue and tries to reach out to someone in Congress, in the Senate, and so on and so forth, and is unable to gain access because they are not a donor. Um, mm-hmm. That's concerning. That's true, feel, but as far as the attitudes about humanity, do you really think they're that far, that the what we're seeing from politicians is really that different from what we're seeing from the average American? Because as far as I can see, the average American has an empathy problem, too. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I do think that there's a, a massive chasm in, in general. Um, I, I see a polarization of political ideologies that, it, that extends across the diaspora. So we're seeing people, yes, in Washington, D.C., but look, look at the difference between um, people in California, Texas, Michigan, New York City. Just look, look at the people and, and look at who they are lining up with politically. There are people who are now beginning to talk about a civil war in this country. They're beginning to talk about um, a split in the states. And the state of California, they're taking signatures right now. There has been a movement to divide the state of California into three separate states. Um, we haven't discussed that previously, and I think we need to, to look at who's behind that, and it's a whole lot of money. But what that brings me to is if you follow the money, you pretty much can, can figure out where people are coming from and who they're aligning with. What's more interesting to me is what is the, the average Republican Trump supporter in the United States? How are they lining up? What are, what are their opinions? How can they support him? And typically, if they're supporting 45, they're aware of Marco Rubio and who he is and and what he does. And that is pretty much what they feel about people who are empathetic and who are rising up. They're getting stuck on the words. They use the word fuck, therefore, I'm not going to listen to anything. Do you really think that they're getting stuck on it, or is it just a deliberate diversionary argument? They watch nothing but diversionary arguments. When's the last time you watched a, a show on Fox? Um, I can't do it. I don't uh, watch television. I don't have regular <laughs> television. So. I don't either. I, I watch news clips. Um, you know, I, I can plug my antenna in, but I, I get most of my news online. And um, you know, watching people talk about um, and just the... I feel like a lot, and it may be it may be my um, cynicism and just lack of general lack of faith in humanity. (laughs) But I I I sort of feel like I mean for one I think the quote um, right after the election that this was a white lash against the Obama years is pretty accurate. And every time I speak with a Trump supporter and start you know really getting because I do try to understand where people are coming from, and when I talk to them and start trying to get okay explanations for okay what is it you support the bottom line is um, it almost exclusively comes down to racism and Uh he was racist enough that they didn't really care about anything else and of Uh course there's a lot of you know feeding the rhetoric back and oh things are going to get better and they pretend like things have gotten better for them even when they haven't in a lot of Uh ways 
And so I feel like a lot of it is not even that they necessarily believe it, but that it allows them to self-justify their own hatred. Well, there and is protection large, of their privilege. Yes. There is a large segment of society that is struggling financially. There's an ever-widening gap from, from the, the previous upper and middle classes that is being shoved down into the lower class. Essentially, I see a divestment of money and labor happening ever since Citizens United was made law. And that, for me, was the point of no return. Right. But um, those people in supporting him actually vote against their own interests. They absolutely do. And I have to ask myself, are, are they truly this uneducated that they are incapable of understanding that they're working against themselves? They're complaining about their high health care costs, but they don't want to put somebody into office who is going to actually help their family to access or avail themselves to health care on a more affordable basis. That absolutely defies logic. All of it. Which is why I feel like it's logic. more of an underlying disconscious or even conscious racist undertones. And, and I mean, they're, they're seeking the power and privilege that they're that the gener their ancestors and the few generations before them had. And uh -huh. I don't think they care that it means that they have to oppress ma uh, marginalized communities in the same way that their ancestors did. I think they're perfectly fine with that, even if they're not willing to come out and say it. See, this is why I love to look at history. I love to look at um, what has happened in the past because we can pretty accurately gauge what is happening and we can look at the data mm -hmm. and essentially my belief is that the Caucasian majority in this country has finally discovered that they're not going to be the majority forever and this is how they're choosing to respond to it they heard Trump say I can grab them by the pussy they're aware that he said he could look at naked teenage bodies when he walks into and sees them preparing themselves for a pageant. Which is why I will never forgive the white women who voted for him. <laughs> because it means you chose your racial privilege over your gender and you yes. were okay with endangering the rest of the women of this country. Well, and, and to me, that is far more vile than the use of the word fuck. Absolutely. This man's spoke public not publicly he thought he was speaking privately but the entire society understands and and heard him say grab them by the pussy i can do whatever i want and from that Which point forward there was no turning back there's no turning back from that the man is a sexual predator well, we all we all knew that. We knew that before yes. he was a candidate. I've known that. I mean, I remember hearing those um, stories about him when I was a teenager. It was well Correct. known in the pageant world that he did things like that. I mean, th mm -hmm. there was no, never a secret. You know, his his ex wives have talked about um, being raped by him. The, none of this is was news, and so I don't. So to when people unforgivable. Mm -hmm. well, it's, it is for a lot of us, but I think I think it's telling that some people are okay with it um because they rationalize it they they rationalize it on on a level that i have never before seen or known and mm -hmm. that's why i keep coming back to trying to understand 
where his supporters are coming from. Because while the bulk majority of people that I know personally are of the same opinion, you know, there are people that I know and love that are Trump supporters. And I want to know and understand where they're coming from. But I find their lack of empathy. I find their ability to not challenge those who speak in such vile ways to be beyond concerning. I have seen people speaking online and talking about these asylum speakers and the children and the separated families in ways that were heretofore unknown to me in regular society. Um, The words Mm -hmm. that people were using utterly shook me to my core. It would be, uh, one quote, for example, was, it would be so much easier to just shoot the little fuckers because then we wouldn't have to pay for them to be a burden on our society that will probably lower our taxes and that people found this amusing hilarious and they cheered one another on and because they're reprobates and that concerns me more than anything this is why i think that we live in the same era as as pre-nazi regime times Well, and I think none of that shocked me, to be honest, because growing up in Oklahoma, particularly in rural Oklahoma, none of this is new or surprising. This is all just business as usual, those sorts of statements. Um, But I think what I'm I'm having trouble with uh, understanding a lot is um, white, quote, allies who, you know, have claimed to be allies to marginalized communities, particularly minority communities, uh-huh. who can set their mouth to say they're shocked by all of this and they're surprised and they don't understand how this happened or how any of this is possible or they're finally seen because, you know, people are more comfortable putting their hate on display than they uh-huh. were in um, previous years. And, and to see these people be, you know, I, I just can't you know, they're appalled and shocked and they've never seen such things. And I, I, to me, that says that every, you have assumed that every single person of color that you have ever met in your entire life has been lying about their lived experience. And I saw a tweet about this. Um, actually it was on the same day, uh, as the Marco Rubio tweet. It was, um, Uh the, the Twitter handles at the armchair com it goes by Allie Henney. And what she said was y'all trust Trump, but need three doctoral dissertations, 18 sermons, an angelic visitation, kind words, 43 scriptures, the ghost of Harriet Tubman, four testimonies and an affidavit signed in the blood of the slaves to believe black people when they say they're experiencing racism. And I, I feel, (laughs) I just don't understand how they can dare say, act shocked or like this is new because it's not new and it's not like this is the first time we've ever said anything or that any community of color has said anything what the fuck is wrong with them can somebody explain this to me well i feel like they they live in a bit of an alternate reality if you will Mm -hmm. um they're not familiar with npr they're not familiar with pbs news they're not familiar with the bbc or but the ones that i'm talking about are i'm talking about white privilege people who understand they're privileged they've been working in social justice circles so how the fuck can they say they didn't know because, well, because we've been there telling is no them. rationalizing some crimes. Philando Castile was was gunned down yeah. uh, on camera 
there is no rationalizing that. However, they said about that one, that was just an accident. They thought he was reaching for his gun, even though he had been ordered to hand over his wallet. Mm. And that is what we are dealing with. And for a long time, I wondered, mm-hmm. are they trying to gaslight an entire large segment of society? Yes. Or do they believe the lies? And I, I think they are lying to themselves. Um, who, who would just sit there and only watch Fox News? What, what educated person does this? Um, and that also gets to one of my points, which is that the lack of education and is part of the problem. Um, in this day and age, because so many people are speaking out in such ways and they're supporting one another mutually, mm-hmm. they feel emboldened. People felt previously that they had to hide their racism. There also weren't cameras and phones everywhere for people to record these incidents as well. And that's that's what's happening. Right. Um, and it used to be people thought that having it on, you know, that that used to be said a lot, you know, until we get this these actually on video, nobody's going to believe us. Well, now we have them on video and they're still getting and off. They still don't believe us. They won't get yeah. charged or if they do get charged, you know, like we had the one Tulsa officer who killed that boy um, acquitted. And yes. then and then got a job with another department. Yes. Um are you talking, was that a deaf man that we're talking about? I'm trying to think of the specifics of that case. Oh, um, I don't I rem- remember off the top of my head. Um, okay. Because yes, there have been so many. talking about, yes. I can, and, yeah. you know, I've spoken to quite a few people about this issue, and I think that what we have to start with is, is all police officers need to carry on-body cameras, and they need as well to not have the capability to turn them of off? turning them <laughs> on and off. Um, but But the best suggestion that I have heard about this is that officers of the law should be required to carry malpractice insurance just the same as medical providers do. When they start getting higher rates of insurance for wrongful death suits and and injuries, um, why is it? And it's sad that it is, but until these deaths and this situation starts impacting people financially, they're not going to care. Because they don't care about I don't know that they're still going to care. I'm not sure they're still going to care. Uh, <laughs> well, what about the case, and I can't remember the names, but what about the case where it was found that the officer had acted wrongfully, mm-hmm. and they awarded the, the his family members $4, the, the jury did. Right. There was $1 given for the funeral, and there was $1 given to each of his children. Mm-hmm. What does that tell us? about the state of America in 2018 and 2017. I can't think of a, a larger insult, right. especially as a widow myself. I, I can't even imagine the secondary trauma and grief associated with being disrespected on that level. Um, it defies logic. It defies humanity. It, it defies all sorts of humanity. Well, I think that's exactly it. I, I think that in many ways, people of color are still not thought of as human or as fully human at the very least in this country. That's that's very clear. Why else would, would we have a response to Black Lives Matter uh, become All Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter by the bulk of white society? Mm-hmm. 
when when I want to raise money for breast cancer, does anybody show up to, to talk about orthopedics, you know, with their signs? I mean, come on. If somebody's hemorrhaging to death, which is literally and figuratively what is happening here, mm-hmm. we don't try to pull the rug out from underneath them and say this isn't really necessary. Right. This is it's an intentional and targeted movement mm-hmm. and it is absolutely intentional and that's what I what I keep coming back to and that's why so many people are so disturbed seeing that they are not regarded as human beings so what's the solution people who are like them so what's the solution do we burn it all down <laughs> <laughs> do we go burn shit is it time to I'm all about burning shit <laughs> you know no um, it's too hot yeah. in Oklahoma to have a riot right now. We'll have to wait till winter time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the reality is is that no, um, a riot isn't going to fix things. And and why do why do people riot? And also, let's not forget that when when people said that that was the wrong kind of protest, that you know people kneeling, that was also inappropriate. It, essentially. White America is saying, not only do you have to deal with this, they're just saying, get right. And there's no way for you to, there's no way for you to process because we don't fucking care. They're just saying, get in your place and shut up about it. That's right. Go get in the back of the bus. That's that. That's all that it's about, and that's not good enough. This is why I have started saying I cannot dismantle racism in this society. Not only that, I am busy working with and helping marginalized people. As, as are you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I field phone calls and, and help people who are working with the courts deal with the very real side effects of racism in America. It cannot be my burden. It, it doesn't belong to me personally. I am not the descendant of a settler here in the United States. I do not benefit from white privilege. My ancestors didn't set a system up for me to benefit from for the rest of time. It's not my responsibility. I have to deal with the children, the women, and the families who are dealing with life and death issues. Wow, well, thank you for that discussion. I kind of thought that was gonna be a simple question, but it turned out to be more complex with a lot to think about, so thank you. So let's move on to our guest. Uh, Today we have Carrie of Choose Happy Studio. She's an artist, she makes magnificent paintings, in fact, the um, Broken Broken logo that you'll see on all our social media pages is a collaborative work between Carrie and myself. Um, she did the galaxy painting and I added the hand style and the multimedia um, broken glass to it uh, because, you know, everyone else uses a graphic, but we are artists and women, so we have to make things more complicated than they need to be. <laughs> so I met Carrie in Oklahoma City, but it turns out we are from the same so weird. <laughs> so describe Southeastern Oklahoma in one sentence for us. <laughs> Dueling banjos. <laughs> oh, that's the most depressingly true statement I've heard all day. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, since it's a very super conservative area, so tell me about your family. Were they really religious like mine? So religious. Like, I was raised in church, naturally, like from birth up until like the end of high school like we went to first I went to a Baptist church 
another Baptist, we went to Trinity, and then we went to, like, a First Christian, and just so many churches, very strict, there were nails in my window, so I couldn't leave, wow. <laughs> like, you gotta make sure she stays, they did not trust me, it's fine, but, you know, very strict, it was good, they were strict. <laughs>
few times, and I'm pretty sure he did not send me no Daniel. You didn't see like, Daniel, you must. No. Daniel. I, I must have missed that passage. I don't. You really did. You should, you should repent in front of the congregation. <laughs> oh, Lord. Save yourself. Oh, no, thank you. Man. So, have you, have you found anybody good on those, those apps? Not on this app. Like, okay, so good. It's just. Actually Jarhead, like mm-hmm. army, like so full of himself. Whatever it was, he called himself a jarhead, and he was just so full of himself. Like he was, he had like a nice body, and he was attractive. But you don't have to be so cocky that you only talk about yourself on our date. Wow! So he just kind of needed to take himself home and take care of that, I was right? Like, yes, literally. <laughs> it was so bad. I made two of my friends go with me and sit like two booths behind me. So that I wouldn't get kidnapped. <laughs> it was so bad. Did you safety plan for these things? Because that's been a question with me and a friend online. Um, because we safety plan, and somebody told her she was being crazy and excessive. And so, what does your safety plan look like? My safety plan is if I like my plan A is to have like one or two of my friends like follow me in a separate car or go and with so me. Yeah. 
talked for a long time. That was great. You know, he seemed mm-hmm. really nice. He's from a reputable family. He's interesting. Polite. Polite. Okay. Are... Right? Then we go to have sex. You know, like you do. Yeah. And, it's Tinder, so. Right? I mean, that's what we're there for, right? And so at first I'm like, okay, this is a little weird because he's not reacting to most things the way most guys would. So I'm like, okay, this is a little odd, but sure. I don't well, that's what I wondered. I have 
Because he has texted me to try to meet me again twice in the months after that. And I guess finally my refusing to respond to him, (laughs) I ghosted him because that's what I do. Um, You should in that case. Right? (laughs) And so apparently he finally gave up. So I guess he thinks that's perfectly normal. And I hope to God he hears this someday. (laughs) Because seriously, it's not normal and you need intensive therapy. For real. Um, I have sex therapy for that. Right. That's just not... (laughs) not okay. You don't rip people's hair out unless right? they ask you. I like that attached. Like, I did not want to be buying fucking Rogaine <laughs> because you have a fucking hair out. It's not cool. I did not consent to that. <laughs> oh. So after that, I didn't really want to meet any new people from Tinder that I already know. So, like, after that, I think I met, I met one guy that I Right? Good to be so great. Uh, 
went to get on my bed, and he literally asked, can I get on your bed? And I'm like, yes, but I'm like, you literally came over here for sex, so why wouldn't you? But fine. So, wow. right? So the, I, it struck me as weird, and then I started thinking about that, and I'm like, what is wrong with me that somebody <laughs> being basically respectful strikes like asking me asking for odd. consent. You know, like, yeah, I'm like, this is what I tell people to expect <laughs> when I do, you know, the... <laughs> But here I am, like, really? You're asking me? Like, I am so used to people with no boundaries and right. letting them buy without boundaries. Right. What the hell is wrong with me? So, like, I'm going to have to raise that bar <laughs> significantly. I, I think that's why I just haven't gone on any dates lately or, like, and I've been single for so long. <laughs> like, I just, I just, I attracted, like, the weird people, like, the mean people. And now, like, when a nice person comes along, I'm like, ah, I'm... I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, what is nice? I just don't know what to do with that. Does it make you suspicious? Like, yes. Like, you're planning something. Like, you're gonna turn crazy any second now, and I don't want that in my life. So, have you talked to your therapist about your paranoia? <laughs> I did. I don't have a therapist anymore. Oh, you should get one. I really need one. I have a great one. She's not far from here. <laughs> And his owner was like, are you okay? And I was like, he's so 
I'm so sorry. And I'm like, hey, I've been this way more than half my life. This right? is not normal. Like, like, this isn't. I gave my, like, back to, like, the religion thing. When I was still going to church. <laughs> Did they tell you to just pray about it? They, yeah. Yes. But they, like. My, <laughs> yeah, I got that, too. <laughs> yeah, it was. Pray, it'll be fine. My church leaders, like, my youth minister and his wife, they were, like, my second set of parents. Like, they were the most open people, and they just, like, didn't care. They just, like, wanted us to, like, be with them, like, hang out and, like, have, like, a church family, which I was, like, so excited about because my last church was terrible. And <laughs> they were, That like, churches can mess you up. Yeah. It's serious. They were, like, bullying me oh. and, like, all this other stuff just because I looked like Wednesday Adams, apparently. And was this when you wore the Wednesday Adams braids? I mean, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, they're valid in saying that I look like Wednesday Adams, but they didn't have to say it. So doing mean. your golf face. <laughs> I never left. I, I, just, I love all black. It's fine. I'm wearing it right now. But like my I'm church family, Morticia family. Adams. Today. Right. It's fine. Everybody loves a good Morticia Adams. Right. She's iconic. I'm Elvira. <laughs> I'm gonna be Elvira in my next life. <laughs> I'm my life you. goals right here. I think you can wish for it. testimony in church okay. and that's when my hypersensitivity kicked in I could not make it through my testimony without like sobbing that's on stage horribly difficult I know like I had it written out and everything like exactly what I wanted to say so I like couldn't like pause and be awkward like my normal self so I like wrote it down I had my best friend up there with me because I knew if I went up there by myself I would just like pass out oh no and I just like cried like the whole time <laughs> like my church family, like, came up afterwards, and they were, like, super nice about it, and they were, like, you did so good, like, thank you for sharing, and, like, wrote me little, like, thank you notes, and, like, left me presents in my, like, little, like, uh, cabinet thing that we had, it was, like, a cubby, and they, like, just left me, like, notes, and, like, little presents That's and stuff, it was so sweet. Yeah, was this, what, your testimony, was this, um, talking about your trauma and things Yeah. Like that? That's the sweetest response <laughs> I have ever heard. Like, they were so nice Most about of us it. get the, well, what did you do to cause this? Right? Like. <laughs> Which is part of my problem and why I will never trust people right? ever. Because, and, yeah, I swear, like, you know, because I've told you there are very few men on this planet mm-hmm. that I trust. Like, I, yeah. I usually can't sleep in the same room with a man. Same. There, there are two men on this planet that, that I would say today that I could sleep in the same room with without yeah. feeling like they're going to kill me in my sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even really exaggerating when I say that, which is kind of weird, but, right. um, and I, fi- I finally figured out what the difference is between them and everybody else, because mm-hmm. I know there are men that I've been involved with who aren't violent, Yeah. but the difference is the reaction they had when I told them yeah. about being raped. If they respond with pity, mm-hmm. I can't handle that. Yeah. If they respond with blaming, I don't want anything to do with them. I will never feel so those two, their response was very empathetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with you. This is great. Right? <laughs> so, like, I don't know. People don't know how to deal. I don't know. People don't know how to react, I guess. Yeah. I've never had, like, the blaming thing because I was so young. Because, I, like, I was raped when I was, like, six mm-hmm. or five. Somewhere in there. Up until I was, like, nine. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, it's a long time. And I was very young. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're, like, oh, like, you probably, like, couldn't have done anything for it, like, blah, blah, blah. Probably. You were so little, right? (laughs) I was, like, I was wearing, like, pigtails and shorts and a t-shirt, like, I don't, one day I was wearing, I was, like, one day I was wearing overalls, like, (laughs) 
there's nothing cute and right. sexy about like, that. <laughs> like sexy little first grade girls. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, I've never had like the blaming, but I always get the pity. Right. Always. Which is so annoying. How does that feel to you? I hate it. <laughs> like it just makes me so like irrationally angry. Are you gonna lash out at them like if you heard them chewing? Yes. <laughs> yes. It just like drives me crazy. Like I get like I like my my therapist told me I have like a separation thing. Okay. Cause like I separate myself from it so much that I can like see it happening. Like I don't remember it Just happening to me. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like yes. I don't remember it happening to me, but I remember like I can see it. Mm-hmm. Like I see myself and I see what was happening. Right. It's the weirdest feeling like in the whole world, like seeing yourself like yes. visually, like. I have it's weird. certain things that I can. Uh, in that way, yeah. dissociated in some only during dreams. Yeah. I, I have no conscious memory of that. I, Thank God. I blocked it out. Like, I didn't remember it. And then I think, like, there was, like, one day when I, like, I was talking to one of my friends about her because her grandpa raped her. Like, broken people attracting broken people. Yes. All of my friends. Well, and like, I think it's so common. It's way more common than people think. Right? Like, I don't remember it. Like, I don't remember it. I know it happened, because I can, like, I think about it, and I remember the events, like, leading up to it happening, so I know it happened, but I just don't remember the actual event. Are you glad for that? Or so is glad. It not? Well, because so for some people, the blanks in memory is triggering, and they feel out of control, but, I mean, it's not really, like, it's comforting. I mean, it's very comforting that like, in your for me. Yeah. I, like, I, because I was, I think I was so young, I just, like, just don't remember it or like didn't want to remember it which is like great for me because I feel with all of like the emotional stuff that I have like still that it would be really terrible if I could remember it so like not having that memory and just having like the disassociation with it is better for me but it's still like weird and like thinking back on it is like just weird like I don't know like how to explain it to people because like I remember like because it was multiple people. It was, like, my mom's boyfriend and his friends. And I remember them, like, walking towards me and, like, stuff. And then, I, like... So, when you remember that, does it cause anxiety? Yes. Yeah. Like, I can't go to the store by myself. Like, I have to sit in my car for, like, 15 minutes and just, like, calm myself down. Because, like, smells trigger me. Like, if I walk past someone scary. with, like, the same cologne or, like, a certain smell from, like, little I'm just like triggered and I have to get out like I panic like a bird like flying (laughs) into a store like I'm that bird like I'm panicking like how do I get out of this it's just it's not a good time I have that same issue with crowds and stores and and some people because I'm not so highly functioning and I do so much people don't realize that yeah no there are really times when my house has no food in it because I will end up having to go to the store like every day because I can only get in there and buy what I need for that meal and get out. Mm-hmm. Do the self-checkout when because so help me, I don't want to talk to or interact right. with any person at all. And then I'm going to have to sit in the parking lot for 30 minutes talking to my friends, talk my way out of the anxiety yeah. attack that it took to get through there. I mean, I haven't had that level in, I don't know, since last year, but at, mm-hmm. at a certain point last year, it was really yeah. bad. And that's when I started the Zoloft and all of yeah. that. Uh, like, then I had to get off of because of the side effects. So it was very yeah. sad because it was actually helping me. Right? That's <laughs> so. how I felt about my medication.
medication. Like, I had to stop taking it because I couldn't afford to go, like, to pick it up right. or go to see my doctor anymore. And I miss him. He's nice. Which is why I think mental but health services should be free. Free. Because <laughs> we all need it. Yeah. There is not a person that therapy couldn't help. Exactly. I, like, Twitter at Broke Broken Show, on Instagram and Facebook at Broke Broken Podcast.